how excited I am. Uh, first of all, um, first things first, welcome to KSEN Live. That stands for Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network. We are an empowerment network. Our mission is to empower, motivate, and to encourage you by others coming on and them sharing their testimonies, their ministries, their books, their music, and their organizations. You know, we are about Kingdom Sisters and Brothers in Christ. Amen. So this is a platform where we can be real. We've got to be real, y'all. This is a place where we can be transparent, where we can grow in our walk with God. You know, the mission here is that we empower, that we network, we encourage, uplift, share testimonies, and restore one another. The mission is to be an example of God's kingdom and for us to ignite maturity growth in different areas of our life. We believe that we must be all equipped to fulfill our personal journey, which happens to be our purpose and destiny. I'm telling you right now, when you can get people to come together and unite and be able to be open and, and have no issue with, you know, being exposed, amen, that's where all kind of um, deliverance can take place. That's where healing can take place. And I'm so glad about my special guest on tonight. I'm thankful for her. She is an author. She's a minister. And I just appreciate all. Uh, and she's an entrepreneur. Let me not forget that. Amen. How many of us <laughs> want to get to that point in life where we want to be an entrepreneur, right? We don't want to have to clock in for nobody. Else, but, you know, if for those who have to, you know, just be thankful for the process until God drops whatever that is in your spirit if he has called you to be an entrepreneur. Amen. So I am just thankful. I'm thankful. You know, this mission is that we have got to come together. You know, there is a personal journey that we all have, and sometimes, you know, it, it takes a vessel to help us along our journey. Amen. So also, remember, we are starting back Epic Encounter, first and third Sundays of each month. Now, this is an empowering, prophetic, inspirational connecting place where we can uh, provide coaching and mentoring you prophetically into your healing, uh, for your purpose, and for your destiny. So tonight, without further ado, I'm going to have uh, Miss Michelle Stevens, amen, uh, introduce herself. I've already introduced her, but I'm going to let her give you a little bit more of her bio than I did. Um, welcome, woman of God. Welcome, welcome tonight. Welcome back. Thank you, Pastor Paula. I am excited. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. And uh, you have done the introduction. I'm just somebody trying to, I'm a nobody trying to tell somebody about somebody who can change anybody, everybody, about somebody who can change everybody. That's all. And that's basically what I'm trying to do, just share my testimony, share the love of Christ, and then sit back and watch God work as he does miracles and that's all that's all I'm about. So she's being modest on tonight, you all. But I appreciate a humble spirit. Amen. I really, really do. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and, and dig right on into, um, you know, some of the things that God has called you to, which um, have, we have been posing on the flyer is that God has called her to be an author um, where she is utilizing this place of, uh, of healing and deliverance, the things that God has brought her through that will allow someone who can relate to her story and, and be able to, you know, properly um, 
manage the process of whatever it is that they're going through. Amen. So I want to ask you, um, what led you up to realizing that there were books on the inside of you that needed to be birthed out? Well, probably about eight years ago, I was over the women's ministry at our church, and we were um, we had a conference, and God had gave me the title, Unmasking Nothing Hidden. And so we work with that, we work with that. And so in that process, God said, you're going to write a book, and it's actually going to be called Unmasking. And actually I started Unmasking, and then the subtitle was Naked Before God. And he was like, mm-hmm. Michelle, you don't need to put that naked before God because you are naked before me. He said, just put Unmasking and make it plain. And in that, mm-hmm. he said that I was going to tell my testimony. And at that time, like I said, I was called to ministry. I was leadership in ministry, and he wanted me to be raw and real. And I was like, God is only so much. And he said, no, I want you to unmask. I want you to tell your story. And so I began to write my story, and at first I thought, you know, I'm just going to tell my story and write my story. And everyone said, oh, your manuscript is great, your manuscript is great. And so I actually called the college here and said, you know, I want the person that graduated at the top of your class. And that's Mm -hmm. who I wanted to edit my book because I knew God was going to do something with it beyond what I could ever imagine. And so I did, and I got this one Caucasian guy, and he was a minister. And so when he read my manuscript, he met me, and he was like, I don't know what everybody else sees, but I don't see it. And I was absolutely floored. I was mad and I was floored. And right. he said, your husband actually has a book. I said, wait a minute, we talk about me. What is-? He said, your husband has a book because what makes somebody love damaged goods? And then I was ready to fight. I was like, what in the world? But when I sat back and looked at my story, what he saw in the book, He said, Michelle, you have a story, but you're glossing over the story. And we started the dialogue, and then I wasn't so sure I wanted him after all. But it was a necessity that I did have him. And so he really pushed me, and he was like, you have a story, but you're not telling it. And Mm -hmm. so it took years, and I would push the book back to him, and and he would push it back, and he, he said, you want to say that you were molested, but you don't tell everything. And I'm like, well, do what you want me to say. He said, I want you to put adjectives. I want you to put descriptive words. I want you to tell me the smell, the sight. And by that time, I thought, oh, God, I'm really going to lose writing this book. But it was a necessity that I go through the process that I fight through all of the emotions while I was penning the book because once it got out there, it was out there, and I needed to be in a place healed enough to Mm -hmm. redigest it however many times because when unmasking was released, that was it. And so that is what actually led me to write the book um, is because of the women's conference that I um, led uh, about six years ago. Wow. Wow. Whew, that's so deep. And, of course, 
you know, just just hearing the word, you know, molestation when we know so many people have been violated, um, not only um, sexually, but sexually, emotionally, spiritually, how that can just damage a person. Um, what's this book? Um, I, I'll say this. Before you begin to write the book, do you feel at that point you had already forgiven the offender? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the offenders with an S. And so, offenders, wow. You know, we, at first I thought I had. And as a young child, being 5, 10, 12, you get up and it's a superficial forgiveness. Because we don't know how to process. We don't even know if we've forgiven or not. All we know is a mechanism to put us back in a place where we think we're healthy enough to function. And so I was a giver. So if that makes sense, I was functioning. And I thought I had forgiven him. But I tell in the book, the older guy that had molested me when I was 10, he actually happened to be a deacon. And he did it on church ground. And at that time, I was mm-hmm. old enough to talk and tell. But that time, it just said, okay, then I'm never going to church again. If this people act in church, I'm going to stay out here, and I'll never go to church again. But I did not know that that was a derailment from the enemy. Say all mm-hmm. that to say, when I wrote the book, I was ministering, I was ordained, and I was preaching. And that so happened, I went and preached at a conference, and somebody came and told me after preaching, Michelle, somebody wants to somebody wants to see you. And I stepped out of the pulpit, going down the aisle, and it was the deacon that molested me. Oh, wow. And I'm all, and I'm talking about I'm five baptized, Holy Ghost filled, and tongue speaking. And I'm got to hug this man in the middle of the sanctuary. And that was the point. I said, God, if you don't let me forgive him now, either I'm going to deck him or you're going to teach me how to forgive. And at that point, I embraced him and he embraced me. And that was wow. when I forgave him. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And it, that is just First of all, people think, you know, when we have accepted Christ and we're walking in our calling and, you know, all these different hats that we're wearing that it looks, you know, um, good on the outer appearance, but to know that real emotions, I mean, emotions are real. And a feeling that you would feel like you said initially your feeling was to, like, go off. You know, so many of us, you know, uh, the the natural response or the least, okay, how can I put this? As a Christian, a lot of people feel that we should have everything under control, that it would be crazy that if we're crying or that it would be crazy to fall into a slight depression. You, You know what I'm saying? They think that that is impossible. But the reality is there are a lot of people that are suffering with depression, suffering with emotional issues because they have bottled it up because they've been trying to be strong. And a lot of people who are in our churches these days, um, 
cannot be transparent, cannot be real about the things that they're dealing with. And, and tonight we're, we're letting those, the callers who are on the line tonight, those who will listen back to the pay, playback, is that it is imperative that you deal with the issue. It is imperative that if you need to cry, that you cry. It's okay to be angry. The, the word says be angry and sin not. So if you would just feed off of that for a little bit, and there's someone on the line um, listening um, who has dealt with these sort of emotions and, you know, what advice could you give them in order to be able to um, deal with it, you know, whether it's counseling, whether it's, uh, you know, if you could just go ahead and just um, speak on that. Mm-hmm. I will, and actually, I I suffered from depression, um, suicide, and I told in my in the book is it because there was so many emotions and I didn't know how to deal with them. But I would offer to someone who is in that place to first find you somebody that you trust. That's the very first thing you have to find somebody that you trust, and then don't be afraid to. Tell, say that you're depressed, say that you're angry. It's so much shame that's been placed on um, people who um, go through depression. But the way the world is now, the way the world is now, if we don't find the strength, first of all, we need to hold it. That's a given. But you can hold it, feel, you can be depressed, you can be angry. All those emotions God gave to us, he gave those to us. If he wanted robots, he would have created robots, but he created us. And he created us unique to be effective to reach somebody else in the kingdom of God. And so many people, once the shame is gone from depression, they're able to walk in liberty. And for so long, I was depressed and I was smiling. Thus, I was hiding behind the mask, but I had so much healing that I needed to do, so much processing. And I would say to somebody that is depressed, walk through the emotions. Cry. I mean, and, and the word says that he brought us our tears. He knows every one of them. And, it's, and he, he loves a broken and contrite spirit, and that's where we find him. That's where we find our strength. It's not going to be found in us independent of God and the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be found. But you have to do the work. And a lot of times I find depression comes from a spirit or a feeling of unworthiness. Right. And if you get to that place where you feel you don't have any worth, then you begin to feel like, what are people for? And I read a great book, and it's not all about me, but I read a great book when I was going through my healing process. It's called Search for Significance. The book was so powerful because it deals with us thinking that we have to do a certain thing. We have to be a certain way. Uh, we have to be perfectionist. We have to do, do, do. And in our doing, we lose ourselves. We strive, we strive, we strive, but we never rest in the place of contentment. I learned how to be a base and a bound, but most of all, learn how to be content. And when I do get depressed, I think on those things that are good and pure and of good report. And then I think back on how much God loves me, and then I look for evidence of where he's shown himself to me 
and I know without a shadow of a doubt it was him and his unfailing love towards me. And mm-hmm. that would be basically what I could offer. Amen. That is great advice. Amen. Amen. So um, let's talk about um, two of the books that God has given you. Um, touch base a little bit on um, well, we got the secret place and the unmasking. So on um, the secret place, I know that that's an invitation to build a closer relationship with Christ so that people can understand it's about a relationship, not about religion, but it's about a relationship. So give us a little bit um, synopsis on the secret place. Oh, and I'm so glad you prefaced it with that it is about a relationship and not a religion. Right. And what happened in that book is, um, I, again, I've been in the ministry, and me and my husband had went on an anniversary, and it was still something missing. And see, that's what that's what the the body don't want to say. They don't want to recognize, and they don't want to admit when. Things are out of whack. We want to give this sign of that everything is a-okay, but God has called me to a place of transparency in hopes that it will help somebody else. So I'm preaching, I'm teaching, but it was something missing. And I'm like, God, what is it that's missing? And I will hear people say, you know, Jesus is my lover. And that, to me, it will make my skin cringe. And I'm like, how can Jesus be Somebody's lover, and to me, love because of my background, because of what it happened mm-hmm. to me, translated to something sexual, and I was like, "Oh my God!" So I had to do, and so God said to me, He says, "I want to show you what intimacy is, opposed to sexuality." And boy, we, me, and my husband were on a um, our anniversary, and it was like the Holy Spirit came in, moved my husband out of the way sat on the bed, and he said, now I want you to date me. And so um, on the way home, he had given me the book, and at first I thought it was my date. And so as I continued to write, it's written in an allegory. An allegory. And so he'll say things. Um, it's about a young girl who meets him every day in their secret place. And basically it was my devotion where he said, Michelle, I want you to get up every morning at 5 o'clock and see my face, and I'm going to show you what's missing in your life. And it was a deeper relationship with him, and it was to fall in love with him so much that I could say that Jesus is the lover of my soul because that's what the word says. So in that, um, she would date him every morning. She would never see his face, but he would always leave clues that, he was courting her. Um, He would Mm. leave her clues like, I am. And she would run home and see who I am was in the Bible. And then he said he was a good shepherd. Um, And so she would run to the valley where the sheep were, and she would see a shepherd with a rod and a staff, and she would say, that's him. And he had all the sheep laying by the still waters. So that came from Psalm 23, but it's based on Psalm 91, he who dwells in a secret place. And it talks about he gives his angels charge over us. So literally all the waitresses in the secret place are angels, seraphims, cherubims. So I just had a ball with that one. And so I bet you did. I had a ball. Me and God had a ball with that one. 
I love it. I love it. And so now your book, Unmasking, Unmasking, talking about the process that we got to go through, um, you know, we, we, the process we got to go through to get to the next level. So talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, well, the work in that one actually is the second book. Unmasking is the autobiography, and then Unmask and Unchained is the workbook. And what that one is is when you get to a place where you walk through the process, you are in a place that you unmask and unashamed, and you're walking in liberty, and then you're able to do like Psalm 51 says, I can go back now and I can teach transgressors your ways. You're effective in the kingdom because you are in a place of being whole. But actually the workbook helps you walk through the process, um, and it teaches you um, about finding somebody that you can trust and walking mm-hmm. through the process and words of affirmation that you may post or speak to yourself um, and asking you to actually really do reflections um, on the journey and it teaches you how to begin to pin your own unmasking story because people will say to me, Michelle, you're so brave, you told your story. And then I tell people, you got your own story. And so it actually gives them a process of how to journal and start to write mm-hmm. and release and then to even pin their own stories. Gotcha. So they can relate the workbook to their own personal struggle uh, of deliverance and going through that process. You, you take what you structured, but then now that they can take that and then apply it personally to their life. That's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Wow. So the recommendation, of course, would be to read the book first and then go to Unmasking and Unashamed. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Wow. I hope you guys are getting a grip of how, you know, God moves in the way that he moves, how, you know, everyone's process of what they have to go through in life is different. But ultimately, when you can get, you know, nuggets from someone and you know that there is a survivor, that they survived this, that they are victorious in it, no matter, you know, what hell they had to go through, that on the other side of it, there's a testimony on the other side, you know, of it all, it's a reason to help somebody else. And that's why we cannot be afraid to open up our mouth when God has done something for you. Come on, somebody. When he has done something for you and has brought you through something that you never thought that you could finally feel a, a spirit of relief, that you, you finally can rest and know that God had your back, that if it was not for him, you know how the old saying goes, if it wasn't for the Lord on my side, where would I be? But if you literally just take that thing and step by step and recognize that, you know, through the process, you're still standing, still standing. And I just thank you, Michelle, for coming in and, and, you know, we're not quite done yet, but I just thank you for, um, you know, for being obedient to the assignments that God placed on you. You know, I thank God for the obedience of you being open, uh, not just to your father, but you were open to man, you know, um, and that in itself, because a lot of people don't have to always be open to the public. Right. Sometimes it's just this between them and God, and if they have a counselor, maybe them, God, and their counselor. But you <laughs> literally opened yourself up 
for those who, you know, for the world to see your pain, for the world to see, you know, um, the struggle, for the world to see how you overcame that. I'm telling you, that is, that's powerful. That is so powerful. So what are some of the things that, if you don't mind just sharing some of the things personally that you had to face before you could truly walk in your healing? Mm. Wow. Um, I just really had to go back and first of all, and first and foremost, I had to be honest with myself. I had to take some ownership. Um, Even though things happened to me, I had to take some ownership. I had to go back. I had to do some reflection. And then in that, I had to ask for some forgiveness myself. And so that may seem, seem strange because I was a victim. But yet, I turned around and I victimized people. And so how, how would you say that you did that, Michelle? It's easy because um, once I was going through my healing process, I was in a class developing a healthy leader. My professor was like, people are manipulative. And she came and she was like, well, Michelle, you, you're manipulative. And we were just talking about the class. I said, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm not. She said, have you ever withheld your emotions from somebody or your love from somebody because they didn't do it? I was like, oh, my God. And so wow. I had to go back. And it was, as painful as it was, I had to look and say, wow. I do. I do have an attitude. I do get a certain kind of way. You know, I do act a certain way asking for something else in return. And so that was a form of manipulation. So I had to go back and and really do some reflecting on myself. And then, like I said, I had to own up my shortcomings, and then I had to turn it all over to God. And I know you might say, well, maybe you should have turned it all over to God first, but he gives us free will and he gives us free choice. And he wasn't going to do it for me. I had to do my part. And then once I got to a place, I I cried when I was sad. I laughed when I was happy. I found some strength in journaling and writing and just, just laying before God sometimes and then not even saying nothing. Just let him speak to me. And that was all part of my healing, but a lot of it was reading, journaling. And it's amazing that you say that Christians, and and it's been a thing with me that we say, you know, God, oh, God can heal me, his word can heal me. But had that been true, why would he put counselors here? He was called a wonderful counselor. Why would he do that? And so... I instruct people. I encourage people. Um, if you need professional counseling, I said in my workbook, seek out that professional counseling. How, how, what a big mistake it would be if God had put an anointed counselor there for your, for your healing and we chose to be idle and we chose not to use the tools that he's given us to be restored. So and that's what that my is whole so message true. is about, is restored, restoration. That's my whole message, is restoration. Amen. I mean, and it's so true because a lot of people are like, I'm just going to pray on it, I'm just going to pray on it. But God needs it to be put to action, right? I mean, he uses vessels. There's a reason why we are all here, and, and, and I want to say probably 99.9% of us 
our purpose and our, if, if not 100%, our purpose and our destiny is connected to somebody else. I mean, so it, it is vital that we utilize the vessels that God has placed before us. He needs a, he needs a willing vessel in the earth to be productive in the earth to make his works happen, amen? So, I mean, it is, it's, I, I, I totally am in agreement with you on that for sure, and I appreciate the fact that um, you talked about being accountable. You know, now, granted, we, we do want to, you know, say that we understand being victimized is, is nothing to, to feel accountable for, mm-hmm. but going through life with a victim mentality is where we cannot do because that is a trick of the enemy. And so if you could, you know, touch on that um, regarding having a victim mentality, um, you know, from pressures and life and things happening, and a lot of people will say, don't, you don't know my story, or you don't understand, and I have every right to feel this way, you know, and again, rightfully so, but it's those things where people have gotten to a level in their life where they still want to hold on to things that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they're still holding on to that past, which makes it unable for them to surrender, not unable, the flesh right, unable to surrender to the spirit because they're holding on to this thing. So tell me, what's your thought on this? Absolutely, absolutely. And no doubt, actually the offenders definitely are responsible. But the victim mentality, what you were talking about, is the place where you are held bound. You're held bound, you're in bondage because, and that was the craziest thing, and it's crazy that you say that because I was playing the victim. I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh, no, no. I had become callous, and my pastor said something to me, and I thought it was the craziest thing he ever said. And he said, Michelle, if you don't open up and allow yourself to be hurt, then you're going to miss all kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. And so... At that point where I was the victim, I was like, uh-uh, no, I'm not opening myself up to be hurt. How foolish is that? But at the moment that I started to open myself up and stop playing the victim, God just poured healthy relationships in my – I just poured them on me. It was – I mean, people who I wouldn't normally form a relationship I endeavored to do so, and, I mean, my whole life was enriched by the people that I opened up by taking a chance to be hurt or or victimized again because through this Mm -hmm. life, like you said, we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations, um, and we're going to encounter those. So either we can embrace them and let our trials and tribulations come to make us strong, or we continue to be the victim. We can be, it will cause us to be poisoned. It will cause us to be sick. It will cause us to have mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Because yes. at that point where I was a victim, I had gone to the doctor, and my, my um, file was so thick. The doctor had to bring me in. He was like, ma'am, I can't find anything wrong with you. What? But I was the victim, and I was victimizing myself 
rather than living a life of liberty. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That Wait, say that again. What, tell me, say that last sentence. What did you just say? That was I the said e- I was victimizing myself. Yeah. I was victimizing yourself. Yeah, I was internalizing all of that hurt, all of that pain, all of that anger. And I was making just kept myself. kept reliving it, kept reliving it. Mm-hmm. And I was making myself wow. big. I want you to take a couple of minutes out and just be led, um, you know, by the by the Spirit of God, just what is on your heart to um, share. And then when she gets done, you all, we're going to open up the phone lines for anyone who may have, um, you know, a comment, a question, a prayer request, and. Um, We'll do that shortly, but we're going to go ahead and um, I want to give the floor um, back to uh, uh, Minister Prophet Michelle Stevens, amen, so she can go ahead and and minister to someone. Okay, and I am actually, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to read the first chapter of the workbook, and it's very short, but it's the first chapter. And the chapter one says, well, 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 woman. And it says, no, not a statement. It's a name given to a woman in the Bible that I want to discuss first on my journey, mainly because I can directly relate to her. She's known in the Bible as the woman at the well. First, she didn't have a good track record with relationships, mainly men. She had been married five times. The man she was living with now was not even her husband. Her reputation had afforded her a lonely life, a life without true companionship. The only companion... She had were the self-condemning voices that screamed at her that she was unworthy, that she couldn't get it right, that she would be drawing her water by herself for the rest of her life. She resolved this is the way it has to be. If she had to draw her water at noon, the hottest part of the day, where the sun beat down upon her to avoid the gossip, the naysayers, the smirks, and the judgment, so be it. She knew the other women talked about her, but none of them cared to join her to help her fill her pot. She knew that they had preconceived notions of how she had gotten to this place in her life. No doubt some may have thought that she was getting what she wanted or maybe even liking life as it was. They had husbands and didn't have the reputation of being loose like her. No doubt. She felt the pain of the isolation as she drew her water. Maybe she hurriedly filled her water pots in an effort not to see her reflection. But while the waters were still, she was able to glance at her mirrored reflection. One, she didn't care to see or even look at. Maybe she troubled the waters on purpose as the ripples would prohibit her from seeing who she really was. As she reflected on the journey she traveled to get to the place, she felt better dealing with her loneliness than braving the opportunity to share her feelings with any other women, with anyone for that matter. Each lonely trip to the well to draw the water was a vivid reminder of each failed attempt to find love. Each dead-end relationship, even the well full of water couldn't quench her thirst for her love and happiness. The bucket of water held just that water. She was forever disappointed, time after time. What she needed and was longing for, she couldn't find. She was empty as the water pots that she'd been drained from their content. At least the water pots had been filled and then drained. She never had the pleasure of being filled. 
filled with joy, hope, love, forgiveness, with meaning, with significance, with power, and all with purpose. She was as empty as the drain pot. The loneliness took a toll on her. It had to. She probably wanted to share with other women that she really didn't want to be this way. She wanted to be like them. She wanted to be proud who she was, proud of her relationships. Maybe she wanted to share that she wasn't proud of who she was at all. They might see bits of themselves in her if they only cared to listen, to put down their pot, to see that they didn't need to abuse her with their words because she was doing a good job herself. Oh, how she wished that it was as easy to fill the holes in her soul as it was to fill her pot. If only she could once for all, if it would be worth the scorching sun draining on her, leaving her almost lifeless, the pot to her life had holes as she poured into herself the life in her evaporated quickly. She reasoned within herself, if only they talked to me, to hear me out, to see me as a person. And one day while she was drawing water, she met Jesus. He was right there with her in the hottest part of the day. Although Jesus was speaking audible words heard by her natural ears, her soul had its own set of ears, ears to hear and worship. Up until this point, everything she had encountered was physical. What Jesus was about to tell her would bring transformation. It would reach down in the very core of who she was. What she needed, he was about to quench her thirst that couldn't be done in the natural. Her eyes would finally be open to who she was despite her failures. Her perception of who she was was to be forever changed. The value and worship she bestowed on relationships in the past would be redirected to the one that's worthy of praise. From that day forward, she was no longer shunned by those who judged her. She now had what others needed to hear. Her new identity would catapult her testimony before women and men, and they would come to know unconditional love of Jesus. She could now speak to others in the cool of the day, with her head lifted above the shame, she became known for her declaration, come see a man that has told me everything about me, not come see a man that has judged me. My life paralleled this woman. I was desperate for the void to be filled in my life. I knew life had more to offer me than broken relationships, broken promises, and a broken heart. Yet my resources of who I spoke with was limited, partly by choice and mostly because I thought no one understood who I was. Relationship after relationship, my vases returned empty, holes everywhere. Even the patched-up holes in my life leaked. Yet I kept doing the same thing over and over. I couldn't find true companionship with people, men or women, because they called for me more than I had in me. That cause for subjecting myself to further ridicule, further correction, and the fact of having to deal with my situation head on. I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror, so I purposely troubled the waters of life. I hid behind the mask, and I dealt with my secret rather than take the risk of sharing with someone else. And I asked you tonight, well, well, woman, what about you? Wow. Wow. 
Wow. Well, well, well. I think that's a perfect segue to go ahead and open up the line to that deep intro of her. Uh, so if you would, um, star six for any of our listeners tonight. You may ask a question, have a comment, or even if you have a prayer request. Mm-mm-mm. That's deep. We won't call you out. We won't ask you for your name. Um, but please, if you have um, a comment or if you have um, anything that you would like to say, please, star six. Hey, um, Prophetess Paula, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm just so excited to be on the call. I kind of missed the first part of it because I wasn't able to Thank you to for joining on, us. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I did, uh, I heard some of the things that she was sharing, I guess, after she told her story. But I just want to say about when she was talking about that victim mentality, and um, I don't know what the story was, if she was molested as a child or what it was, but I was, and I did. For a long time, I did have a victim mentality, and I did eventually seek out counseling. I didn't even know that I had it, right? You know, you're just going around every situation. Every time something happens, you automatically just had that mindset, but I thank God as I was mm-hmm. going through counseling, and these were Christian counselors, that I understood I was able to receive God's love and, you know, in a process of receiving healing for um, the sexual abuse that I endured. But he changed mm-hmm. me. He did. Mm-hmm. And I could begin to see clearly that I'm not a victim. I'm not. I am not a victim. Amen. But, you Amen. know, in the natural, Amen. like you say, you know, yeah, something did happen to me. It was wrong. Something was stolen from me. It was wrong. But I'm no longer a victim. I don't even have the same DNA that I came to this world mm-hmm. with. How about that? Mm-hmm. I got God's How DNA. That? So I don't have to be a victim. Amen. So I praise God. Just thank God for our sister. Everything she shared sounds like an excellent book, and I'd love to get it and read it. And I just thank you for bringing her on because we, we need to hear about these things, and we need to hear that it's Absolutely. okay to go to counseling, right? That's great. Thank you. Praise God. No, thank Amen. you. Amen. Amen. And you're right. You said you didn't know whether or not she was molested, but that was part of her story. And you will be able to listen to the playback. Amen. We will make okay, sure that good. it gets out on social media. So for those who may have missed the beginning of the call or just maybe want to go back and just listen to some of the stuff that was said. Um, but thank okay. you for your comment. Um, um, is there anything that you would like to say to um, our listener? Minister Michelle? Hello? Uh-oh. Did we lose her? Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, I can hear you. Hi. Okay, thank you. Do, do you have any response to what the caller just um, spoke about? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I, I was commending her on being brave enough 
to tell her testimony. And, yes, ma'am, once you're walking in liberty, you can walk in, in, in with a smile and you can walk from behind the mask and you can help other people unmask. And you're absolutely right because um, I write in my book that I had a poisonous aroma um, that was repelling from my sinking sensitivity because as a victim I was so sensitive. I had like a heightened sensitivity. And it says that my record was titled, You Hurt My Feelings. Um, you hurt my feelings, and that was my record. But that was because I was walking in a victim's mentality. But once we get over that, once we do the work, once we find a support system, um, a true support system, we can walk through life and we can take some of the punches that life throws at us and not um, digress into that place of um, being a victim. And in that place of being a victim comes all types of emotions, um, damaging emotions, um, not healthy emotions, but damaging emotions. You can sit and things are heightened, um, a situation that's not as um, crucial as we would think it should be. Being a victim, everything is heightened. People that come in your life are actually hurt. And, we, again, we become the victimizers. But, again, God came. He sent his son, Jesus, so that we can live in a life and have it abundantly. And we have to rest in that place. And just we just have to relish life because we're, we're only passengers. We're, we're pilgrims passing through here. So, but mm-hmm. we, like you said, Pastor Paula, we were, we, we were here for a purpose and we're designed to be effective in the kingdom. And the sooner we find that out, we become a threat to the enemy. And he wants us to stay a victim so that we cannot mm-hmm. rise up and be the army that God has called us to do, and, and that's to take the kingdom and take it by force. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, caller, for your comment. That was a blessing, and thank you for your response back to the caller. That's a blessing. Um, anybody else? Come on now. Any questions? Any comments? Any prayer requests? Star six. Again, we will not ask you to identify yourself unless you want to. Now, this, you know, this platform is really designed for uh, people to feel safe, right? This is a, a place where you can um, share and just, you know, whatever you're feeling at that, at that moment regarding, you know, the topic of, of our conversation on tonight. Um, so this is a safe environment. So star six, if you have any questions, if there's any comment or any prayer requests, we would love, um, if there, and especially prayer requests, if there's anything that you need us to be standing in the gap for, come on, this is part of the platform um, where we are uniting together. This is about the kingdom. We need each other. Iron sharpens iron. And, and when we're down, we need somebody to help lift us up. Amen? So this is a place, if you've got prayer requests, come on, you've got some prayer warriors on this line. So you have an opportunity um, to dial star six um, while we are on here live. Um, come on now. We're ready well, to hear from you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good evening. Hey, good evening. 
Um, well, it's truly a blessing to be on the line tonight um, listening um, to um, Pastor Minister Stevenson. Amen. And um, one of the things that um, stood out to me is when you said that you were able to look the deacon who molested you, you were able to hug him, right? You were able to embrace him. And yes, ma'am. I, and I just think that that was the beginning of the healing process um, is when we are able to embrace and actually forgive um, the person um, who had hurt us. Um, because I was in that situation before this person really hurt me. And I asked God, I was like, God, you have to remove this from me. And I began to cry out and started interceding for the individual that hurted me. Wow. And from from then on, this individual uh, got hurt and had a very bad scar and got really burnt. I think he had, like, uh, third-degree burn. And uh, his mom didn't even want it to wash uh, or take care of the scar because she said it was so disgusting she couldn't bear to look at it. Mm. But I was able, when he came to me, I washed his scar. Wow, this is deep. My goodness. And I, I felt so sorry. I felt compassion towards him. And, I mean, even if it was a woman, you know, I've even felt compassion towards people um, who have probably offended me or maybe I probably took it the wrong way. But I think that's a part of the healing process is when we can genuinely um, reach out and say, hey, it's okay, I understand, I'm not perfect. You know, um, things happen. And, and, and I started looking at it as it wasn't the individual, but it was the enemy throwing the darts. It was the enemy trying to destroy um, my self-esteem. It was the enemy that was trying to get me to carry all this weight so I wouldn't be healed and do what God actually wanted me to do. Um, and I myself have carried the victim mentality um, because of rejection. Um, right. I wasn't um, – when I was out in the world, everybody received me. Everybody received me. Uh, but once I stepped in church, it was different, and I wasn't used to that. I was, I was used to fitting in. Everybody wanted to be around me. And, but when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I wanted so bad to please God, I left all those old friends behind, could no longer go back and fit in. But then when I went to the church, I couldn't fit in with the people. And, 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 and it was rough. And, and after that, I started dealing with the spirit of rejection. And um, um, I didn't want to open up, you know, to people. I would only let them come but so far. But which I, I, I believe you said that you had to just let your guard down and allow God to come in and help you to be able to just trust people and just take a chance and being, uh, you know, being hurt. And, and that's where I'm at. I'm at, you know, allowing people to come in and just take a chance on being hurt. And I thank God uh, for Prophetess, uh, Prophetess Paula, and I hope I'm not rambling, but I'm about to be quiet. 
But I think I have a problem. We appreciate uh, you. She said something um, to me, and I said, you know, sometimes I can be around people, but sometimes I I don't want to go into everything that we were talking about. But one of the things she said, it was like another weight dropped off of me. Oh, my God. And and I Mm -hmm. just – I feel like it's a process, you know. It's a process to to where God is trying to get us to. And all of this weight that we have accumulated over the years, sometimes mm. it don't fall off. It doesn't, everything just, it doesn't just fall off like that. I think it falls off gradually. And I, and I just felt like when she spoke something to me, it's like I felt something just, Another thing just fell off. Okay, now you coming out of this thing completely. And one Thank of the things she said, Leticia, you have to realize that sometimes you're not going to have all of your relationships are not going to be the same. Sometimes there, sometimes you have relationships that are just fellowship relationships. Sometimes it's social. Sometimes you might be in a group, but other people are more. Other people have more intimate relationships than you. Maybe these things have accumulated over the year. So don't you know? Don't feel bad when you feel like you're. You know, you you in with a group. You know, like it was. It was like Leticia. It's okay. Everybody has different levels of relationship, mm-hmm. and you just have to accept. You know have to just accept that everybody is not meant for you to expose your wounds and expose everything about you. But God will show God will show us. And and I mean, I'm just um I'm just grateful to God, you know, for, you know, you women. And um uh may God bless you all and, and continue to keep me in your prayer. Uh, my name is Leticia Burgess. I don't mind sharing my name. Continue to keep me in prayer that God will continue to do the work in me and continue, you know, um, to keep me out of that victim mentality mindset. And um, thank you all for your time. Thank you. My, I I got chill bumps all. Oh, yeah. Just just to know, woman of God, that you, thank you, God. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, Leticia, I, to know that talking, people. Um, okay, go ahead. You know, Leticia, when you were talking, I, I too, I just got chills, and and, and my heart was heavy. But you are so compassionate. Your compassion before you even said the word compassion, God said she is so compassionate. But He gave me two words for you. He said hidden figure. You are a hidden figure, and it's not because people are hiding you. He said you're hiding your own self. Mm. For some reason, you're so afraid to shine with your gifts and your talents. And God said, I want to take you somewhere, but you are delaying the process. He's not judging you. You're judging you. The sooner you get to a place where you let go of that, truly let go of that, God's going to use you. But you are so compassionate, and that's what's needed. You love and Amen. you love hard. You love with no strings attached. But you are a hidden figure, and that's by choice. So I pray that you continue to find strong women, um, Christian women, women of God, to sit under and do the the work, do the healing process, 
but God got gifts and talents in you, um, creativity, entrepreneurship, um, just gifts galore. But you are yeah. She coming up out of all of that, honey. Yeah, because you don't feel. <laughs> She's worthy. coming out of it. Not feel worthy, but God got great, great, great things in store for you. Thank you, woman. Amen. 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 That is blessed. That bless my heart. God bless you. Yes, 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 and mo yes. And it's, and it's what I love about um, your comment is the fact that you know when you when people take to heart things that you that God allows for you to impart into others, you know when they can take that to heart and 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 see the God in you and be able to be like this is this this is this is you know like the woman of God just said. You are coming up out of this thing. You got people surrounding you, cheering you on, you know, and you used to have a victim mentality. That's okay to say that. You used mm-hmm. to. And that's that's the reality, right? The reality is what you have faced, what you dealt with, and guess what? Even what you struggle with. But we know that, you know, God has called you victorious. So as long as, you know, Letitia is saying victim, God says, no, that's not what your name is. Your name is victorious. So you can counteract what the enemy is trying to speak into your ear gate, and you speak out what God has already called you. So you already know the beginning, right? You know what the end is. Everything in the middle was just just the journey and the process, but God has already finished that thing. And so, like she said, surround yourself with people, you know. And, again, just everything else that you mentioned about the conversation, amen. Take it to heart and run with it, amen. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That blessed me so much. Wow. Wow. Star six, anyone else tonight? Star six. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and close up the phone lines on that. Uh, you all are welcome to um, contact us on social media, um, you know, for the feedback, um, if you have any feedback or any prayer requests. Um, but right now I want to um, um, – would like for you to tell the listeners how they can reach you, contact you, how they can purchase your books. To God be the glory. Thank you, everyone on here. And to God be the glory because he has done great things and he continues to do them in our lives. We just need to look for those unseen things, things that we discount, and know that God still has his hand on us and his love for us is unconditional and just limitless. Uh, but you can get in touch with me on uh, Facebook, and it's M-E-C-H-E-L-L-E, and the last name is Stevens with a P-H. Um, on Facebook, um, my email address is Watch God Work, and that's W-A-T-C-H-G-O-D, and work is WRK at bellsouth.net. 
Um, those are the ways you can get in touch with me. You can message me, inbox me. Um, I'm open and willing to talk or just minister or just sit and hear and listen um, and see, you know, and just help. Um, get in a place of res- restoration and healing. That's, that's what I'm called to do. How can they purchase your books? Oh, they can purchase them all on Amazon. All three of them are Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And if you go ahead and just remind the listeners your titles of your books. Okay, the first one is Unmasking. That's the autobiography. The second one is Unmask and Unashamed, and that's the workbook to um, inner healing. And the third book is the Christian fiction, and it's called The Secret Place, and it's based off of Psalm 91. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to ask you to pray us out, and um, we are about to close this awesome time of, uh, of sharing and dialoguing tonight. It has blessed me so, and I just love in hearing the feedback, you know, to a couple of our listeners tonight who were open enough to, um, you know, make a comment on tonight. Um, if you would, um, can you pray on um, uh, rejection tonight and healing? Amen. Amen. I sure can. Ready. Father God, we just come, first of all, we just give you praise. We give you glory, God. We give you honor, God. God, we know it's your desire that we should have a life, uh, a life full of joy because you sent your only begotten son that we should have life and have it more abundantly, God. We just bless you, God, um, that the enemy comes to give us rejection. But, God, we know, God, that you have a plan for us, and, and it's expected, and, God, and we just bless you, God, that every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. God, we know, God, with us being human and we we want to give good gifts to our children, how much more do you want to give to your children, God? You just have riches stored up for us, God. And it's not the temple things, but, God, it's peace and joy and long-suffering. You desire for us to have that, God. Let us just rest and know that that's your desire for us, God. Oh, God, we bless you right now for inner yes, healing, Lord. God. Thank God, you, we Lord. bless you for the tears that we cry, God, because you bottle them up, God. God, we thank you that nothing is wasted with you, God. We stand on Romans 8 and 28, for we know that everything works together for our good, God. Be it bad, God. You turn the bad into good, God. You're able to do all things but fail. I'm asking that you would speak to the heart of the woman that's on this line, God, that's feeling like the woman at the well, God. I pray, God, that you will give her a worship for you, God, that you will cleanse her. Cleanse her with your warmth. God, cleanse her thirst, God. God, let her be the one that says, come see a man that told me everything about me. He didn't judge me, but he loved me. Oh, God, bless the woman on here, God, that's feeling rejected. God, let her know that she can run to you, God, that she can Thank run God. to you, God, and that you will lavish your love on her, God. Oh, God, let her know that you are her, you, she is your bride, God, that you just love her so much that you will lay down her, your life for her, God. Oh, God, we come against the spirit of rejection, God. 
Oh, God, we come against it, and we put it in the pit of hell, God, because that's where it came from, that condemning spirit, that we're not enough, that we're not worthy. But, God, you said, God, that we are your workmanship, God. Oh, my God, I bless you, God, that in our innermost heart, God, that you are, you have created every intricacy about us, God. You know every hair on our head, God. And, God, you call us victorious, God. Oh, God, we bless you, God. We bless you that you call us victorious. And, God, I pray right now, if there's anybody on this line, God, that's suffering from depression, God, you point them in the direction of a counselor, God. Oh, God, I bless you, God. I bless you, God, that you give them a way of escape, God. Give them somebody to talk to, God. And when the enemy come in like a flood, God, you said you're going to raise up a standard, God, that it shall be no more, God. We bless you, God, for healing, God, true healing, that you're going to raise up warriors, God. God, that the dry bones going to come to life, God, and you're going to raise up an army, God, that's going to do great and mighty things. We bless you for Pastor Paula and this line, God. She said it's a platform, God, where people can come and feel safe. Oh, God, I I just bless you, God, a place of refuge where they can run in and be safe, God. Let this platform grow, God, not because we need numbers, because we need souls, God. We need people saved. We need people restored, God. We need people transformed, God. We need disciples, God, to do your kingdom ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woman of God, thank you so much for your time um, put aside to uh, minister to us on tonight, to share with us on tonight. I know that God is going to do even the greater mighty works through you um, in this new coming year. Um, I, I just look forward to to seeing all the the the, the wonderful things that God is dropping in your spirit and how you will be releasing them in this new season. Um, I, I look forward um, to the platforms that God is opening um, for you. And um, I just thank you. I thank you for your transparency on tonight. I thank you for being real. I thank you for sharing, you know, uh, something that um, was not easy to initially share. I thank you that you were obedient um, to God and to your assignment. Because of that, it, it will set his women free, not only women, but it will set every reader free who reads your books. Amen. So I thank you on tonight. I thank you so much. You just, I, I'm just overwhelmed um, with the fact that you came on um, Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network, KSEN Live, tonight to do that. So thank Bless God and to God be the glory, Pastor Paula, and thank you for the opportunity. Amen. Well, you all, thank you so much for your time. Again, uh, we could not do any of this without you all being uh, a participant in it. So I do hope that it was a blessing. And if so, please share, make a comment, let us know. We appreciate you so much. God bless you. Know we're standing in the gap, interceding on your behalf. You know how to reach uh, uh, KFC and Live, or you know how to reach me. You can inbox me, or you can always, you know, drop a post in our group, amen, for any prayer request that you may have, or anything that you just need us to stand in agreement. And as long as it lines up with the Word of God, amen, that we will be unified on one accord. God bless Bless you all on tonight and love you with the love of God.
Good night. Bless you, Pastor Paula. Thank you. God bless you, too. And thank you.